Hello everyone, welcome to Covenants, sponsored by, co-sponsored by the Word House Incorporated Focus Consultation Services, Covenants Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry. My name is Dr. Michael David Clay, and with me That's the proverbial drum roll. We've done that once before, and, and uh, the audience loved it so much, I thought I'd bring it back for today's <laughs> broadcast podcast. Carolyn Barnett. Yes, sir. <laughs> and the crowd That's a wild. one fan. That's, that's, <laughs> My lone fan. That's our one fan. We have to split them, though. That's only oh, yeah. half a fan yeah. for you, half a fan <laughs> We do have our fans, hopefully. I don't know, but they're out there somewhere, somewhere listening. Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> so, Carol. Yes, sir. What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry? Ooh, an open door. Hmm. A place of hope and encouragement where one can come and receive hopefully some good news that there is always hope and a place where conversations can be held without judgment and condemnation but a conversation where people can come discuss what's going on and hopefully find some options to help them and sort through things but mostly a listening ear um, that is compassionate to people. You are so sincere and innocent. <laughs> you are. That was the best I could do off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, but it was very sincere. And and I can testify that because you That's know though our listeners are in the same physical space, at least not in the studio with us as we're recording this. But I am with you, and I can see it on your face. And that was very sincere, very gen genuine. And you did that very innocently. Uh, so as not to abuse you in any way, shape, or form. What, what or at you, least abuse the what innocent. What answer you were wanting, but... <laughs> the sincerity of the innocence. Uh, it's also a podcast. This what is, is true. Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services? That was, that was a Christian Counseling Ministry. David. Well, it was both things. <laughs> but see, because you didn't know which direction I was going to go, it's even, I think, better because you just said what was on your heart. Uh, and as much as I should have been thinking about that, probably will by the end of the podcast. Hopefully, our listeners will be recognizing that by the end of the podcast. Uh, on the front end, though, we just do a lot of these. Welcome. It's like going to church, church service. <laughs> Welcome. It's glad we're glad to have you here. Mm -hmm. The pastor or the praise and worship leader or whatever it is, whoever it is that stands up and kind of greets everybody, mm -hmm. makes a funny joke, and they, they would kind of proceed through that and get into a bit of the word, and then we get into the seriousness of the conversation, mm -hmm. allow the Holy Spirit to really work, and, and then eventually, hopefully, we come to a place where we understand all those things you just got through saying. But, but yes, we're we going through a bit of a transition, as if we ever stop. <laughs> Uh, as much as, again, we've enjoyed doing the broadcasts, uh, I do want to remind our listeners, not only broadcast listeners, but as those of you who may be listening to us now on the podcast may actually only know that through the link that's provided on our Facebook page that you so kindly 
post of each of the uh, podcasts as you post them on our Facebook page. You put the link there. But I don't want our listeners, whether broadcast or podcast at the moment, to uh, miss uh, out on at least understanding or knowing how to get a hold of us. Uh, And uh, that would be not only through email, through websites, through Facebook, but the podcast itself is on Spotify, it's on Apple, uh, for anyone who is inclined to listen to podcasts. And what was, what was that somebody told you nobody listens to radio anymore? <laughs> just, oh, yeah. <laughs> just do podcasts. Now, I have to yeah. say, I don't agree with that. Uh, otherwise, so we, would, uh, we would be here doing yeah. what we're doing. But there are a lot of podcast there listeners are. out there. But if you're going to find us, you won't find us under Covenants. It's a little difficult to find. I'll you have to ask the question. What is Covenants? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. <laughs> Carolyn, you have to admit it's very unique. It is. And as much as it's unique, it's probably consistent with what our listeners already know about us. We're a little bit geeky. I was just thinking that. Both ways. And so that would be fitting for us. We could just make it simple like covenants. But yeah, that's, no, that's, that's too easy. Yeah, too easy. <laughs> but I tell you what you will do, I know. To continue to attempt to make it easy is you'll continue to post the link. So should you forget the question, what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry, or the sincere sincere and innocent sort of answer you gave at the beginning, you can still go to Facebook. And uh, we'll try to keep it current and up to date. And hopefully, again, you'll find us there. Carolyn, um... You feel significant. It's a question, kind of a statement, but a question. Mm, yes. <laughs> I'm not really sure where this is going, but yes, um, that's a that's that's a good question. Um, I think that people come to terms with that word in different ways and at different times in their life. So I think that perhaps. I understand that better, not just because of my age and maturity, but I have come to know that better in Christ as well. So your life has meaning and purpose. Yeah, absolutely. How do you know that? Well, not only does God's Word tell me that, which is the really the only authority I need, but I also feel that confirmed in my life when... God's sovereignty, like circumstances happen, and so that sort of confirms me what He already tells me. So God tells you, and certainly His Word, mm-hmm. and that would be Bible, and that would be living Word in our heart. Those of us who are Aside Christian, from the practical, physical, you know, having children that run to you and say, "Mommy, mommy," you know. <laughs> That's a great example. But, I, you know, that's there's that side of it. I was looking at the spiritual side of it, which has to take dominance over the practical side of it because I have eternity to think about, not just children. That being said, the practical does play a part. I am significant in those ways. Uh, I really enjoy how you put that together uh, just then because... Really, that is the point, right? There is the spiritual and eternal dimensions of 
significance and life. Uh, we're, we're part of life uh, as we are part of God. We're part of love, perfect love, abundant life. Uh, but in a material sense, then we only really have certain abilities to measure it. And, and because we're human. So to make sure, because we don't really understand fully the spiritual, and really, I mean, that's some kind of an interesting thought too. I'm having it, but I'll share, I'll share it with you and our listeners. I won't keep it private. You know, it's like, well, okay, if there wasn't then some material definition put on it, how would we know it? And, and, of course, that presupposes that we're asking the question from a material perspective, but that's what we start with. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's the whole idea. Abstract thoughts are pretty hard to wrap your head around if you can't define them. You know, I can kind of say, well, this is kind of what I want. It's like that commercial on TV about the fast food restaurant, and they drive up to the, the board, and of course, the idea is there's so many options, mm-hmm. and they have all these different persons, peoples from different <laughs> walks of life, and you could tell because you know they're dressed this way, dressed that way, and all that. But all of them go, uh, "Welcome to so-, you know it's that, that voice on the box or whatever. Welcome to so and so so so. What would you like today?" And they all go, "Hmm." <gasps> You know, and they're surveying. They're looking at the menu. And this is one of those restaurants that probably doesn't have an exhaustive menu. And so really probably not a lot of options there in that way. There's not so many options there in that way that they couldn't come up. But it is that in the moment you really don't know. But it's sort of like abstract thoughts sort of like that. In the moment you really may not know. You may understand it, even as I'm trying to share my thought with you as well as the listeners. Yeah, it's, how do you define it? Mm-hmm. It's like defining God, which takes us back to your point, which is the Word. Mm-hmm. And if He weren't able to somehow help us to even know where to begin to define it, mm-hmm. well, we wouldn't know. We know what it might feel like. Uh, I, but at the same time, though, how could I even describe that to you except they use material terms? Like describing love. And we, can't, we know we can't go on our feelings because that isn't always accurate. So you can't really define it 100% by just how we feel. We feel significant. But I did not mention <laughs> that we must be significant enough for God to send His Son to die for us. So that act that actually happened in real life, um, you know, a person died for us, that shows some significance as well. So if somebody wants to commit suicide, what's the difference? Hmm. Don't you love how, because it, 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 it isn't necessarily that I plan to be so harsh, <laughs> I don't know if that's the word, or so abrupt, <laughs> or to shift that gear so hard, but it's just the perfect opportunity. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people would say that about life. You know, it's it's kind of hard to define it and Mm -hmm. you know it's so abstract and really it's whatever makes you feel good. And you said it's really can't even go by a feeling, but Mm -hmm. maybe that's one of the the better things, if not Mm -hmm. the base thing, maybe not better, but the base thing. But until there's a narrative or script applied Mm -hmm. to it, it's life and death. 
How do you know? Other than somebody could say, like we are in that geeky sort of way, that complicated sort of way, saying, well, there is a difference between life and death, and life does seem significant. And, and there is a validity, a validation that comes from living your life. But at the same time, though, death comes to us all. So what am I to do with that? You know, and, and maybe life is all spiritual. Maybe that's the, the dichotomous binary sort of dimension to this conversation. Uh, will be, uh, even maybe more so at the end of the conversation. It is recognizably so now. But, you know, maybe life is spirit, and maybe <laughs> death is the ultimate finality, the, the definition of a material existence. But if you look at it even that way, you've got to figure out what you're going to do with it as long as you do have some physical awareness, some conscious awareness. And, you know, you brought up Jesus. You're right. But it's according to God's narrative. Right. Even God told us what that was about. Mm -hmm. God told us what love was about. God showed us what love was. But some one, some person out there might say, well, yeah, but that's not my life. Or if that's what I'm going to end up doing anyhow in life, why not just get it over now? Hmm. That's a that's a great thought. I'm not sure I thought of it like that before. Um, the significance of life and that being the most, say that a person could, the most extreme way someone could show you significance is to say, I would die for you. That's pretty extreme. That's what we would hold probably in the highest esteem is a, is a person's life. So, of course, that goes along with God's narrative and then whatever narrative somebody's willing to die for you. We know that there's a difference between somebody dying for you and Jesus dying for us because of the whole circumstance, what that means. But I think that if someone said they're willing to die for us, then that pretty much shows that we're significant in their eyes. So we gain that knowledge, doesn't necessarily mean we're significant, but they believe it, kind of like perception's reality. They believe us to be significant enough, so then therefore we can take that on ourselves and say, oh, well, I must be significant. So, so when then God takes the definition of death off of it. What does that mean? Because when you understand Jesus, when you understand the Word, living Word, Jesus, when you understand the nature, the virtue, the character of God, when you understand the idea of the spiritual, when, when that abstract thought, you know, at least initially perceived in some abstract terms, start to has, have definition, <laughs> then God tells you to take the definition off. Because really, in Christ, you don't die. Right. I had that thought a minute. God is eternal. Life, right. if there is that d divide, so to speak, or the mm -hmm. division that we can make binary, mm -hmm. uh, look at it dichotomously, life is spiritual and death is material. Right. So there's a willingness... Obviously, if somebody say they're willing to die for you. So, obedience. We know the word says obedience is better than sacrifice. There's a level of, I'm willing to do this for you. We, you know, sacrifice. 
that plays some part of significance. But even that can be done by a person. So, you know, what's the difference between them and Jesus? But the significant part is still so abstract, it's hard for me to <laughs> put into words. Well, and, and I could then say this. What does it matter? Mm-hmm. Because I think it only matters really what God thinks about us. That's the point. And if he thinks we're significant... Because if I get to that place... That's all we need. Where I'm saying, well, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all going to die anyhow, and death is just part of material existence. And you could say, well, for the privilege of living, you have to die, right? But then that's still material. Nonetheless, the idea is, if you take that far enough, <laughs> it has no meaning. And in a material sense, that's the bottomless pit. In a material sense, that's hell itself. Meaningless, meaningless. It, it, is, it has no meaning. Why? Why, why, why? Mm-hmm. And if there's no answer, no answer, no answer, no answer, mm-hmm. or we've disregarded the answer, ignored the answer, then you're in a free fall. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Now, I ask you... <laughs> Is it important? I didn't really ask it that way, but I ask you if you felt significant. Mm-hmm. If you and and I think, yeah, hopefully our listeners, you two, would have agreed with me by now. Yeah, life is. It's important to feel significant. It's important to have some purpose and meaning in life, and to feel some validity, validation that you've done it the either the right way or for the right reason. What whoever the def- definition would come from, wherever the definition would come from, whomever it would come from. We'll ask Rick Warren. He's the purpose-driven life. I heard someone say that our, I don't want to get into our purpose, but our significance living is if the purpose of us was to come to know Christ and including his death for us, then after we accept him as our Savior, then we would just die right there at the altar. We would just fall over dead. So we don't obviously. So then there's some significance to what is happening why we're still here. So the purpose isn't just for us to get saved and then boom, we're dead. That doesn't happen. So there's a a significance for us to be here. Well, and and this is going to sound, I think, a bit better than hell in a bottomless pit, right? (laughs) Uh, You don't know it yet, but I think it will, correct? But maybe it's just that enjoy life. Hmm. Or make the best of it. Certainly in material dimensions, <laughs> there is death. And there's all those things that go into it. And somewhat finite. And, you know, you could see that God gave us. I'm, I'm thinking as in terms of a gift. But I'm thinking, well, is that really? Can I say that? God gave us the gift of time and space in which to exist. <laughs> Sometimes I think the only reason is so we get to this conclusion. I should have enjoyed it more along the way. I should have had more fun with it. I shouldn't have been so preoccupied with all of the death and the dying and the pain of it. I, I shouldn't have ignored some of the more obvious sort of messages about, you know, birds of the air and <laughs> flowers in the field. And, and I should have read Ecclesiastes sooner, you know. I should have got the wisdom sooner. 
But maybe that is the message too, is not necessarily that we don't have significance, not necessarily that life isn't purposeful or there's no valid validity. There's nothing valid to validate us, to give us that sense of meaning and purpose. But maybe it's a bit narcissistic to keep asking the questions, especially if the questions lead to such dismay or feelings that we don't matter, mm-hmm. that we fall into the trap of hopelessness and helplessness, fatalism. And I do think that that is the devil's primary tool. I think, I think death is, certainly physically there's death, but I think the death that kills us is psychological. Absolutely. I think it's taking the definitions off of life or not allowing, because we're human, that we need definitions, especially early on in life. Because again, if I could have had this perspective when I was 20 that I have at this point in my life, I might do it differently. But I'll tell you right now, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> How do I know that? Because I ask people, I talk to people every day about their lives and what it means and what matters. <laughs> Get back to the thing you said at the beginning when I asked that question. What is covenants? I have those intimate, you do too, those intimate conversations with people and they tell me their life story. And I have to understand their narrative to be able to help them, assist them. But in the end, it always comes back to, I wish I could have just had more fun along the way. I wish I could have enjoyed it more along the way. And I was thinking about that question, what is covenants? Because it, the hopelessness that you mentioned, when we, it's all psychological. I, we could talk a whole other podcast about that. Because not only has that been proven in my life which I'm thankful that I learned that and was able to step out of that. But I feel like that's what we offer at Covenants as well. And our listeners can come in to the podcast, not literally, but they can step into our world and hopefully receive some hope. And hopefully, John 10.10, he came to give us life and life more abundant, not just to sit and worry, which is what I was doing to the point of, we talked about life and death, and I actually got to the point where it was so psychological and I was so in my head, by myself, isolated, not talking to others, not getting feedback from others, so in my head that I had myself convinced I was going to die for no reason. So was that suicide? No, no, I. No, I, I, I know you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I but, felt like I was going to die. But that's not far from suicide, right? Because you created that. Right. You stole the narrative from the Bible. I mean, you you didn't like take that and apply it. You did, but but it wasn't like I'm talking about the story, the word, and the living word, the narrative, the Bible story mm-hmm. about God, about Jesus. But you stole that from the life that that represents. That's how I want to say and that. The devil and took that and ran with it. And then you're going to go to hell. Yeah, it was really. You're going to go to the pit. It's going to be dark. It's going to be bleak. You're going to isolate. You're not going to share your life with somebody else. Mm-hmm. You're going to pass the days. Get back to that time and space thing. Go through time and space. Count the days mm-hmm. until it's over. He, and if you can't wait and you don't like it, 
and you come to the conclusion it doesn't matter anyhow, you're going to commit suicide. You can check out. So there's a slow burn and then there's the dramatic, right. I'm going to get a gun, I'm going to get do a knife, that kind of thing. Do it, to do it now and get it over with. And when you said time and space, and this may be odd to our listeners, but I was thinking of the Garden of Eden. In the beginning in creation, time was <laughs> invented, created days. God made days. There was a specific time. There was a specific space, the Garden of Eden. They had this area. We don't know the, the exact, I mean, we can read things in the Bible, but, you know, there was a space created for them. And so God is a God of time and space. And it just makes me feel like, you know, He... He orders everything. Everything is for a purpose. Everything. So, so, when Jesus went to the cross, He showed us that the idea of trying to define it by anything other than love, no greater love hath any man than to lay down his life for another, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, this is an act of love. But once you dispense with that notion that somehow... There's meaning and purpose, significance. You get out of that narcissistic, self-absorbed lens and you begin to realize it's not only not about you, but it's really not about material existence. And we could ask a million and one questions, much like Job. And there really is only one answer. <laughs> That's because God said it was. Because, again, even with Job, where were you, Job, when I put it all into order? And God did put it into order. He defines existence for us. It does create a Garden of Eden. <laughs> I was thinking not to take anything away from the seriousness of our discussion, but I was thinking about the Hundred Acre Woods. Yeah. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. I knew that. <laughs> yeah. But that idea, though, is it's a place that we can then enjoy mm -hmm. because God defines it. Do you have to sometimes work? Yes. Should your work be toil, sweat, blood, all that? Uh, tears, all that? No. It wasn't meant to be. Sometimes. You're right. <laughs> Thanks, Eve. <laughs> but when, when you begin to understand, though, that we're the ones, like you were testifying, I do it too, all of us do it. We're the ones. Even identity is the greatest act of narcissism. It is. I'm unique. I'm different. I'm this person. I'm that person. You put a name on it. Mm -hmm. At least within the more Christian sort of faith or families with faith or of Christian faith, uh, they call us the same names. <laughs> so there wouldn't be just one David or one Carolyn. There'd be multiple. And even though we were named after biblical characters, you know, sometimes there was much to be said about that. I do think there's significance to names. But at the same time, identity is only useful while we're in this space. And then as you kind of work your way through this time and space dimension, you begin to realize that's really only for the sake of the time and space dimension. When you choose to go to the cross in the name of love, what you're basically, I think, doing is certainly not getting in the way of other people, but you're also acknowledging, okay, I just need to accept I'm important, but I'm not that important. But once I lay it down like that, 
then God can say, oh, but you are really important because you're a living example of otherwise what it's going to take, mind, body, soul, and spirit, to really get through this life and have fun mm -hmm. so that you can not only have heaven in a hereafter sort of context, but you'd have heaven now. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with having heaven now? I know that sounds rhetorical, <laughs> and I'm, I'm prone to asking questions of that fashion, but... What is wrong with having fun? Jesus had fun. And enjoying your life. Jesus said the kingdom is here now. He didn't make it sound like it was something else. It was right there in front of them. And he modeled that in front of them. He, he went to weddings. He went to parties. He went and socialized. Of course, that was scandalous and some of the people he socialized with. But... Jesus had fun. He didn't I care about the identity of no. the material identity no. or dimension. He cared about the soul and spirit. But that's what we're saying. Right. We get so hung up in the material and the identity included. But when you talk about suicide, that's really what you're saying. Because we know, we know the soul never dies. Mm. But the question is, do you want to spend it in misery? <laughs> Whatever eternal existence is. In misery, in hell, uh, a second death kind of mm -hmm. thing. Uh, or are you going to enjoy it not only, again, in heaven, terms after you pass from this life, but are you going to enjoy it now? Yeah. yeah. And are you going to remain in it and not let all of the things, mm -hmm. the cares of the world, as the King James might put it, Steal that from you. The devil himself. Steal that from you. Well, and to tell our listeners the other end of that story, <laughs> not that this show is about my life, but uh, just so they know um, that obviously I'm still here, I'm not dead, that uh, God spoke to me that night, not in an audible voice, but I believe he spoke to my heart and told me that I wasn't going to die <laughs> and, and some other things. And I... Granted, I did make some changes. I always share that with people. It wasn't just... I absolutely believe God can swoop in and do it all. But part of it, I was contributing to myself. And so I needed to take responsibility for my actions, for my part. So, you know, I quit watching ER. <laughs> because, you know, somebody go in innocently, and then by the end of the episode, they're dead, you know. So I... I had to take some responsibility on my part. And I have not had that thought or idea since then. And I'm so grateful. I had two small children at that time. But everyone has to come to the cross. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a cross they have to bear. Mm -hmm. Is it suicide? No. Is it God's lack of concern for us? No. It's actually quite the opposite. It's not suicide. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it isn't that God doesn't care about us or care for us. It's that he cares so much about us. Just get it over with. Face your childish fear and get it over with and go out and live your life. We live in a society that is so narcissistically self-absorbed and we've passed this down such to generationally to those that have come after us, whether first, second, or third generation removed, depending on whether you're a parent, a grandparent, a great-grandparent. They're scared to live life, but they need to have that moment. We're describing. I don't know again that yet dying to yourself is suicide, although the Bible, King James would put it that way. But I do believe though, once you face it, 
Once you look at it that way, once you accept it, then the choice of what you do with your life, the choice of, I guess really the basic choice, the binary, again, dichotomous sort of thing is choosing life, mm -hmm. not death, the lens, the standard, the way you look at it, can make an eternal difference. Mm -hmm. But that's what we tell people in counseling. <laughs> believe us. They've gotten so much in their own head, so isolated, mm -hmm. they've created or lived up to or lived down to, fulfilled some narrative, either their own or again something that was ascribed or put on them. That's why I say I think names have meanings, uh, some to the good, some to the bad, but parents before they're even born, when they're still thinking about you, they're defining your life it's just not necessarily in godly terms, especially if they're not Christian or they don't know the word. They may love you or have some sort of sentiment like that, but if they can't define it and understand it is their responsibility, it's our responsibility, to teach our kids about death, not suicide. Wait till they get to the age of accountability where they can begin to have some understanding not only of abstract thinking, but then they can take accountability, the responsibility of choosing what to do with it. It's your life. You need to figure out what to do with it. But if we don't teach them, we don't aid them, we don't take them to church, we don't show... I mean, you don't have to read every uh, verse in the Bible to them, but at least tell them the general Bible stories, mm -hmm. right? We had a class at our church, and I was so interested in it but it was kind of an odd fascination it's one of those th things where you're like i don't know what this is going to be like it was a class on death and dying <laughs> i know that sounds so exciting right but it ended up being the best class because we had different speakers but our main speaker was a hospice nurse and she discussed the dying the difference between death and dying when we're still alive, there's still life to be lived. And how people that see that end from the beginning, that they realize, you know, I have this certain amount of time. And the difference, if we knew, you know how people say, well, if you knew you were going to die, you know, tomorrow or in a year from now, then what would you do different? And, you know, how would you live? Why? Why does that have to be if we're going to die well, I was just thinking, integrity would say, if you're a person of integrity, you don't live it any differently. You live it well, both but, now within that context of life and right. so that when you face it, you're still within the context of life. It's well, not death. What choices would you make? You know, would you go, you know, run that marathon or would you go talk to that family member you've been estranged from? Just all those kind of things that... Uh, I don't really think in those kind of terms because I don't want to wait till I have to do something to do it. But it was very interesting to think about that process of dying, how we're dying from the moment that we are born, basically, because we're, you know, once appointed a man to die. I've heard you mention that several times. So God knows. We don't know, but nobody else knows but God. So, you know, what What are we doing with that time? You know, that Francis Chan illustration of the little red part on the rope and then, then all that. I just saw that Sunday. And that really does make one think about our time that we have here and what are we doing with it? 
And, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know that that's exactly the way Rick Warren would have described it. And the purpose mm-hmm. driven was a purpose. Yeah, purpose driven life. But but even so, uh, I'm going to be a bit more generous <laughs> if I can afford to be. Especially if I'm talking about somebody else, right? <laughs> I can afford to be very. Gen- don't even worry. Just go out. Don't harm people. Mm-hmm. But there's really just two things you have to live your life by. To know there is but one God, love Him with all thy heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and others as you love yourself. Right. But if we put that first, mm-hmm. not that we won't encounter other people who are maybe not thinking at that level, mm-hmm. or maybe they're caught no, up in will. a struggle, maybe they're being reminded of their mortality, maybe they've contended with it. I mean, I think that you die to self daily, mm-hmm. uh, the Apostle Paul right. would say. I would agree. So, not making light of it. Mm-hmm. It is a struggle. That's the cross we have to bear. It's a constant reminder. (laughs) Hedonism, our narcissism, self, doesn't want to die. Mm -hmm. But again, the paradox in that is that if we lay down our life, especially when it's defined within the narrative of the Word and living Word, and there's an example of it, literal, tangible example, as with Jesus, mm-hmm. I, I think I told you I always loved that moment in church when I and I can be dramatic. I don't know that what? I can do it all. I don't know I can do it always very well, but it's sort of like right now. And then I shout, "Lazarus, come forth!" And people all of a sudden remember, "Lazarus, come forth!" He's coming out of the grave. Mm-hmm. Now I always save that to the end of the sermon, right? <laughs> That's usually where you've got that, right? You've got that open heart. They're paying attention. You know, you've kind of allowed the Holy Spirit to weave the web, Mm -hmm. so to speak, to kind of capture them. Not a bad way. The net. We'll say Mm -hmm. a fishing net. That's a healthier way to look at it. (laughs) Context. But when I say that, though, I can be generous. Yeah, you're going to have struggles. Mm-hmm. But the message is Lazarus come forth. The mm-hmm. message is Jesus right. was resurrected. We celebrate it every Easter, but we don't need to celebrate it only on Easter. We need to do that every day. Exactly. That's what your point is when yes. the hospice nurse comes. There's nothing like being at hospice either to bring the point home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other situation I know of is, is when your dog dies. I know. It makes you want to cry, doesn't it? Because that's, that's my sentiment. Because oh. I can see your eyes watering when you said that. That's my sentiment. Because you just have that feeling. Yeah. I think of my poor Tom, my cat. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm allowed to have an outdoor cat. I say allowed, but... Yeah, I would like to have a dog, though. But, you know, that, that idea of the... <laughs> the being generous, but really it does boil down to those two things. That's really it. I mean, to love God, and if you go on my Facebook page, which this is, what is this, virtue signaling, I'm going to humble brag on my, because that's the only way I knew to describe it. I'm a very simple person. Yes, maybe I like, you know, a good story, but I am, when it comes down to it, and my Facebook page says, love God, love people. Mm-hmm. That's really all it is well, about. Well, if you could remember that mm-hmm. and put everything else in context of that, we probably would have that kind of a joyful life. Mm-hmm. We'd have that fun, <laughs> maybe like a pet. Uh, I'm going to take a moment, take a break, but I want to say this on behalf of a very, very, or one fan. Well, half a fan. We have more than you, one. We have to split them. Oh, yeah, I forgot. The baby. We're splitting the baby. <laughs> Bella, your mom wants a dog. 
<laughs> no. But Bella needs to hear that though, right? That your mom wants a dog. And our listeners need to hear that they are listening to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett, sponsored by the Word House Incorporated Focus Consultation Services and Covenant Specialized Pastor Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. So if we could just keep it that basic, that simple, Mm -hmm. I think we'd all be a lot happier. But you have to somehow prove it. Mm -hmm. Live it. Live. That's it. That's how you prove it. You testify of it. Mm -hmm. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But our testimony is, yeah, I've been there. I think everybody has to go through that that dying thing. Elijah did on the mountaintop. I mentioned Job. I mean, we could go through Scripture. I think all of us go through that moment. But when you go through the moment, there is the Lazarus come forth, the resurrection, but it's the testimony. Mm-hmm. Right. It's seeing Jesus after his resurrection, before his final ascension. It's Thomas putting fingers in holes mm-hmm. in Jesus' body just to prove the fact that there's life after what we consider to be life. Mm-hmm. That's the abundant life part. Right, right. And that's what he, I believe, what he wants us to have. But we seem to put that on a shelf. Some Like it's too high to, you know, something we can't reach. Like, it, yeah, that'd be nice if I could be like that person. If I could just not worry about anything or, you know, but I have struggles. I have bills. I have, you know, these kids or whatever. But Jesus didn't say it was going to be easy. <laughs> That's, you know, take courage. I have overcome the world. Man, I go to that scripture a lot. Um, I love, I love when he takes our reality and makes it, his word applicable because he didn't say even that one scripture when he told the disciples if the, if you go out and you witness to him and you try to preach to him and they don't want to hear what you have to say what shake the dust off dust and off, move yeah. on yeah so I mean it's not like everybody's gonna just you know be so happy to hear what we have to say it's not gonna be easy this life but he is with us and we know that that's really all we well, need and that may be the greatest of all the struggles. Outside of ourself, mm-hmm. right? our self-destructive, mm-hmm. suicidal inclinations, right. uh, is everybody else's. Mm-hmm. And not everybody knows Jesus. Mm-hmm. But that, again, is why we're salt and light. Mm-hmm. That's why we're in this world. That's why God has chosen to allow us to be ambassadors of Christ. Mm-hmm. Put us in the position of this testimony so that we can establish that. Part of our purpose. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm all smiles. Right. That just means Jesus that... wasn't all smiles. <laughs> As well as anybody, Carolyn, I'm not all smiles. But it's no comment. going thank you. It's going through it. Right. That's the testimony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you could say, well, I did this in group. Uh, I run groups, right? And uh, I do process groups, which basically is a hospital, which basically means that the intention is not just to educate, because there's educational groups, but actually get people talking like we're talking. And then we go around the room, and people who are kind of like on the uh, edge the, on the, of the, the lake or whatever, they don't want to put their foot in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would then say, it's time for you to talk. 
And I said, <laughs> no pressure. I said, what is it that you're learning from all these other people? Because there, there's some that's just pouring their heart out. They're telling their story. They're, right. they're, they're, and we, we, everybody that would be in the hospital unit, on the hospital unit in the hospital at that time, we'd talk about their story. They didn't, maybe didn't want it, but they needed it. Mm-hmm. And so what would eventually happen was <laughs> this person would just pour their heart out. Mm-hmm. How hard it's been and how angry and mm-hmm. how upset and how the family wasn't there. Or the person they wanted to be there wasn't there. And, you know, and they felt hurt and betrayed and they didn't sleep. And like you, you know, they were got to worrying about death or mm-hmm. maybe somebody else. They got to thinking about suicide and, and I'd go around the room and I'd say, okay, well, you've been pretty quiet ever since you got in the hospital. Let's hear your story. Mm. I don't know. I don't have anything like that. I'm just glad my life wasn't as bad as theirs. And I thought, you've missed the point. You've missed the point. Everybody's life is like Jesus. Everybody's life. And if it's all smiles and people go around telling you it's all smiles, they're not, maybe they don't want to bring you down. Maybe you're not mature enough to understand it all. Maybe they're just scared to tell you. I don't know what it is. But if they're not telling you, maybe they're still somewhat narcissistic. Pride, yeah. But if they're not willing to share it with you, more so roll up their sleeves and get into all that you're into with you, they're really, they're really, I don't know what I want to say. They're not ready yet. They're not ready, but they're really not going to be a good testimony. Mm -hmm. Well, they can't be till they completely are open and being willing to be broken so that others can see their brokenness and identify. The resurrection. Mm-hmm. I just want to add that because you're right. So they can see it and identify, mm-hmm. but also the resurrection, the Lazarus come forth moment. Mm-hmm. So we're at that moment in our ser- we're at that moment in our service, <laughs> in our sermon. So going back to that moment of innocence and sincerity. Mm-hmm. That's okay. you. It's you. Right, never I'm been, the one that said been it's that our way. podcast, and, and you were like poured your heart out. <laughs> it's that moment. So here we go. Okay. So what do you tell somebody who comes in your office and they've given up and they are want to quit? They don't want to quit in the good way. Mm-hmm. They just want to quit, and they're either worrying or fearful so much about life and then eventually death that they can't live their life or maybe they just said I'm tired of that I'm just going to do it I'm just going to kill myself I'm just going to end it now I'm going to quit and I'm going to walk away and or wherever they go after they kill themselves unfortunately I do believe if it's hell on earth it's probably going to be in that sort of sense not saved you're not going to get saved after you kill yourself but what do you tell them well, I think first we have to preclude that with me listening. I think they have to be willing to open up and share that, what you just said. And then I think they have to see that they were heard, that somebody saw them. And then I would definitely <laughs> let them know that they are not alone in that situation. They're not you know the and the, and that may not bring them a lot of comfort as far as like if you say you know you're not alone but it's important for them to see that there's a way out that somebody has went through this and didn't kill themselves or didn't die that there is other ways to deal with what's going on and so according to the person then we would 
Obviously, I would want to point them to the Word. Obviously, I would try to point them towards Jesus. He is the answer. He is our only hope. So it really depends if they are a believer or not. But either way, I'm still going to point them towards Christ and let them know that they have options, they have other ways to, to look at their situation. And that may require some humility on their part. Like you said, the narcissism, the pride, that one guy that's just like, well, I, my story is not like your guys. I don't want to share, you know. And yes, it is. <laughs> your story is just like theirs, only the circumstances are different. We've all been hurt. We've all been let down. I tried to explain it to somebody the other day. Ooh, I'm going to tear up the office. I tried to explain it the other day, and somebody said something about being hurt. And I said, I know... I know what it feels like to be hurt. And so, and, and they kind of argued back with me. Well, no, you don't. You don't. And I just thought to myself, I'm not going to argue, but I thought to myself, pain is pain, hurt is hurt. If the circumstances are different, different person hurt us, it doesn't matter. It's like that for King and Country song, Can You Relate? Where they talked about, I know what it feels like to feel pain. I know what it feels like to feel hurt. So I want them to know that, you know, not only am I there with them, but I am for them, and there are others that are for them as well. Well, we just need to remember it was Jesus that said, Lazarus, come forth. Mm -hmm. That's but why we it's have to us, point him towards Christ. And, and we have an advocate with the Father mm -hmm. who is not without being touched with the feelings of our infirmity. And it is the rest it is the enjoy life. It is the attitude, the perspective, but it's the social dimensions, the two great commandments mm -hmm. that He brings to us. Mm -hmm. But He alone can save us because He alone has been the one successful to not get caught up in all of the negativity. Mm -hmm. He's the one that otherwise, and I know Jesus, I, I know that. I know He's man. And, and I say that starting, well, I was going to say, I know that he's God, because that almost sounded like I was lessening it. But, but you know, I, I speak of the human dimension only because, as you were saying, that's the relatable part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's what validates us. But what validates us is not necessarily death. It's the courage to live life. It's the power right. of life that mm -hmm. validates us. Mm -hmm. Old death, where is thou sting? Mm -hmm. That is a Christ statement. Mm -hmm. And who should say it better and when it was said better than Jesus could? Right. And either that scripture in James that confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. There's healing in that. There's healing in speaking of the brokenness. And Jesus wants to come and, and make use of all that. But we can't get there if we don't look to Him. And He wants to go through it with you. Right. right. And that gets back to that idea that we need to go through it. And that Jesus Himself is a testimony in a human dimension. That's why God sent Him. Mm -hmm. Right? So that right. we would see it, correct? That we right. would see right. it. That we could tangibly mm -hmm. put our hands upon it. We've known the word. We put our hands and laid our hands upon it. Mm -hmm. I think John said that. But but the idea though is we need that testimony, even if he is Jesus, mm -hmm. and especially because he is Jesus, God's only begotten Son, and He is God in that way, part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. one and the same entity. Mm -hmm. He is love, even if God's, as God would be, then love. Right. But we need it now. Mm -hmm. We need it while we're going through this now right. so that we don't have the discouragement 
Right. Because there is much to be said about that, not only validating us, but that's our virtue. And the world invalidates that, especially the negatives. Right. The people who think negatively, the people who perceive it in fatalistic terms, mm-hmm. who haven't come to Jesus. And we do have to contend with them on a daily basis. But we don't have to believe them. Right. Their narrative, there is but one Savior, and that's Jesus. There is but one salvation message, word, narrative, and that is the Bible. And we need to uh, example that, Mm -hmm. exemplify that, emulate that in our life. Not that we are Jesus in that sense that we are what He is, Savior under the world, but we're part of that salvation message. But it's not only saving others, it's saving ourselves. But that's right. the two great commandments. Right. Get that right with God first mm-hmm. so that you can get that right with each other. Exactly. If we can't feel that love from Him, how can we possibly love others the way that He loves us if we don't understand His love? That's what I meant at the very uh, top of the program when I said understanding significance. I didn't always understand my significance with Christ. So therefore, I can see others' significance so much more. And uh, it really helps me to be able to help people and encourage them and and just go through it with them because of that. So we don't always see suicidal people and we don't always see people who are afraid of dying. We see all kinds of folks. And uh, (laughs) all these struggles would otherwise, with that idea of the flesh and the material dimension and certainly strongholds and the devil and his his, uh, lying to us and deceiving us, it would be intentioned of the devil to exalt its himself, those things, those ideas against the word. We encourage people by use of the word, by attempting the best way we can with sincerity, with genuineness, authentically and as innocently as I could claim. You could claim much more innocence than I could. Uh, In the name of Jesus, we try to do this in that manner. So I would not want to suggest to our listeners that we're only looking for a, a certain person. Right. You know, has the moniker of, well, you're suicidal. Or, well, you have phobias mm-hmm. and you have such great fear, agoraphobia. You have mm-hmm. such great fear of life that you're kind of locked in a That's room. That's why they listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but what we do want to say, though, is, is that the one common thing we all have is that we're sinners. Mm-hmm. And that we would, left to our own devices, without the Word of God to define it, just unto our own conceptualization, we're going to pick a path that lines up with everything in the natural. Mm-hmm. If we don't have supernatural sort of dimension that's brought to us, mm-hmm. if God did not give us the benefit of this capability of abstract thought so he could then begin to use that to help mm-hmm. us to comprehend or conceive of things that aren't in a material dimension right? and then tell us what those things are so that we'll at least have some idea mm-hmm. of what it is and what we're working for so that we don't fall into so easily, readily into the trap. Mm-hmm. They're going to fall into the trap. We'll destroy ourselves. It's the pit. Yeah. It's the, the ditch. Yeah. It's hell. We'll self-destruct. And unless you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior in the way that we're speaking of it and in all manner in ways the Bible would speak of it, Him, salvation, it, Him, that Lazarus come forth moment, mm-hmm. then you're not saved. So we've told you, hopefully you'll listen. Now, maybe all of you out there are. Mm-hmm. I doubt, though, that we're there, there's no possibility 
that somebody out there may be hearing something like this, maybe for the hundredth time, but this is like the first time they really paid attention. Mm -hmm. So, Kara, tell folks how they can reach us, get a hold of us, should they want us for any reason. And we do want you to reach out to us, like he said, for any reason. We're always available. Um, the easiest way would just give us a call, 304-528-9220. And like he mentioned earlier, we post our podcast on our Facebook page. You can look us up under Facebook under Covenants. You can also email us, covenants.llc1 <laughs> at yahoo.com. And you can also go online to Covenants Christian Counseling. Counseling online. Covenants on CovenantsOnline.com. Right. right. That's a lot of stuff right there. A lot of ways to get a hold of us. <laughs> and I do, again, want to remind our listeners, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Should you want to go to your favorite podcast platform on the www. It is what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services because we're geeks. Christian counseling, don't, the geeks not in there. Christian counseling ministry. What is Covenant Specialized? Fortunately, if you get to the point of what is Covenant Specialized, there's not many other podcasts that right. have that name. So it's probably going to take you there by a process of elimination. Mm-hmm. But again, remember, as long as Carolyn's living and breathing and hanging out with us at Covenant's, uh, you can find it on the Facebook page. She's going to post the links. And she does a wonderful job of of these little pictures. And I mean, it's really <laughs> nicely done. I try, to, I try to get the attention because we have such a great, I feel like, maybe here's the narcissism coming out, a great podcast. And who knows? We have something for everybody. So you don't have to be even a Christian to listen to our podcast. We just discuss all matters of things, and there's always something unfiltered. Yeah, <laughs> we're, pretty un- yeah. we're pretty unfiltered, Carolyn. I know. I've never been called a geek before. I prefer nerd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then you be the nerd, and I'll be the geek. How's that sound? Okay. <laughs> but one thing we, again, want to remind our listeners, uh, finally, remind our li- <laughs> listeners of today. Our is, last reminder. <laughs> yes, our last reminder for today, because we do remind them a lot. I, I do, or at least I try to. We have to. Yes. <laughs> is to join us again yes please <laughs> on our next broadcast slash podcast of covenants co-sponsored by the word house incorporated focus consultation services covenant specialized pastor care services christian counseling ministry and again my name dr michael david clay and with me as always carolyn barnett until then god bless